Welcome to the Do Divorce Right podcast. I'm your host, Becca Maxwell, and I'm here to help you transition through your divorce with ease and integrity, to not only survive the challenges of your divorce, but to thrive as you come out the other side of it with a much better life than you ever hoped possible. On this show, we talk about many different aspects of divorce, interview women who have their own incredible divorce stories, or those who can offer some great advice as you go through yours. The focus here is to help you find the strength and support to help you feel lighter, happier, more positive, and in a better frame of mind to face the inevitable challenges of your current journey. All right. So today I'm here with Alpha from Money Made Simple. Alpha is a money and lifestyle coach who helps women to demystify finances and the whole financial world. Uh, She helps them align their financial priorities with personal values and work towards ambitious goals. Alpha works with clients one-on-one. She runs courses, workshops, live events, and hosts a really great podcast. And I'm going to share it in the show notes because I think everybody should listen to it. Alpha, welcome. Is there any way in which you would describe what you would do? How would you add to what I've just said? Oh, hi, Becca, and hi, everyone. Um, you've done a really good job. When when you showed me what you were going to write, I was like, that's almost better than how I introduce myself. Oh, you're welcome <laughs> to borrow that. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I, I'm going to hang on to it. Um, yeah, no, that's that pretty much sums it all up. Um, yeah, most of what I do is is to try and kind of the net it's in the name really money made simple um is to try and make money simpler less emotional less overwhelming um and easier to focus and process especially when you're value aligned let's talk about what led you there then what was your background and how did you come to be doing coaching um in this space yeah so this is it it was a, it was a bit of a zigzag really um and i kind of I, when I finished high school, I had no idea what I wanted to do, like probably most of us. I don't think um, anyone does, yeah. No, no. And um, mm. both my mother and grandmother were, were high school teachers and I was determined to not go down that path. I was like, I don't want to be a teacher, <laughs> although I actually do love teaching, but I just didn't want to be a teacher in a school environment. Yeah. Um, and then I ended up kind of, I studied international business and marketing because I thought, oh, I love to travel. Uh, but I couldn't find a job in that area at all. I don't know, hundreds of CVs. It was quite soul-destroying at wow, the time. Wow, I'm surprised. Um, yeah, so this this probably was the market at the time. So then um, I got a, I'd done some vacation work with um, PwC or PricewaterhouseCoopers. They were back then, showing my age. Um, and so I thought, oh well, I'll do I'll do an accounting degree. So I did a master of professional accounting, and then I ended up working in corporate tax. Um, but I got a job with KPMG. Sounds super fun. Oh yes, well, working corporate tax. Yeah, it was it was definitely not suited to my personality, and I quickly realised that just because you're good at something doesn't mean that you love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I worked in that space for about six years, um, and then I then I and one of the things I, I love and, and I've since discovered that one of my core values is creativity. And I was not able to utilize that in my career at all. So I was doing everything I possibly could outside of work. I was learning to make books. I was learning to cook. I was learning to garden. I was learning to make jewelry. I was doing all sorts of things. Yeah. Um, and, and I love writing. So I thought, oh, well, I'll do a advanced diploma in professional writing. And I remember one night being at dinner with some friends and I was so beyond frustrated. I was like, I just want to write. I want to be a writer. I have no idea how, but I just want to be a writer. And one of my friends at, the din- at dinner had spoken to another friend whose company was looking for a technical writer. 
Now, I had absolutely no idea what a technical writer was at that point, um, but I was I was so desperate to get out of tax that I thought, I will, I'll, I'll do it. Whatever it is, I'll do it. I'll figure it out. And because I'd had that advanced diploma behind me, that kind of sort of demonstrated that I was serious about it. Um, and I ended up working for a very small uh, mining consultancy. And that just, that just changed everything. I went overnight. I doubled my salary. I was now a contractor. I kind of started down the path of small business. But and- you weren't working in finance anymore. So you'd. Well, this is the interesting thing. I started to do financial modelling as well. Okay. So the technical writing part didn't actually last long once they realised what else I could do. So I then started working with clients trying to build financial models. And I know that sounds really boring, but at least when you're building something, there's something exciting about it because there was nothing there which allowed me to create, which yeah. is the creativity. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so, that, so I went down that path. And then because I was earning a bit more money, I then had some money to invest um, and just because, and I, yeah, just because I had sort of a fin- like a f- accounting financial background, I still had no idea what to do with personal finances. Mm-hmm. So that then began another whole journey um, of learning about personal finance. I got a financial planner. Then I realized he'd just put me in product. My mother had gone with the same financial planner at the same time. He put her in the same product, and I started to question what was going on because I was like, this just doesn't feel right. I'm paying. For you to have the same priorities and have have the same solution to such different priorities, yeah, that yeah, doesn't feel absolutely. Right. So it wasn't purpose built or personal mm. at all, and yeah, so there was just some stuff that was happening. I was paying a lot in fees when I asked for some performance report information. He couldn't provide it, so I started to get really curious about this whole financial planning thing. So I did the diploma of financial planning, um, and then I realized how much we don't get told. So I thought, well, I'm going to be a financial planner then because everybody needs to know all this stuff. And so I, yeah, so, but that's not really what financial planners do, Um, which is how I'm, we were talking about that earlier. So I'll kind of, there's there's a, there's a difference there. I realized there's a whole lot of education that has to happen before you even get to that point, because you don't understand the terminology, the concept of debt, good debt, bad debt to make more money, how do you start a business, all these things that kind of go with just money in general um, that we don't sort of look at. So I started down that path and I ended up helping friends. And funnily enough, the first friend I helped, um, the reason she wanted to to sort of get help with her finances was because she was looking to leave her husband. (laughs) So that's, and that's sort of become a bit of a theme. It's not always the reason um, (laughs) people come to me, but there's quite often some... um, unhappiness in a relationship that kind of triggers the need to get their finances in order but anyway that's a very I'll definitely ask you more about that yeah yeah so that's that's sort of how I came to be doing this because I thought I just I became a lot more passionate about making sure people knew this stuff I I felt like screaming it from the top of a mountain hey we need to know this we don't get taught this and you can end up getting a financial planner like I did who I feel now like he took advantage. Um, he didn't obviously see it that oh, way. Oh, gosh, but- Alpha, I'm still, I'm still locked into like 20-year plans that I signed up to, what, 10, mm-hmm. 12 years ago that I can't get out of, still paying fees on and just have to make my peace with the like, yeah. can't get out of that. You know, yeah. so I, I definitely hold some resentment to bad <laughs> financial advisors who are just, yeah. you know, what do you call it, churning out their products, just sell, sell, sell. Yeah, and there's money in keeping people ignorant, whereas I want to help empower women to step outside of that and go, it doesn't have to be that complicated. You can do it. And there's, there's certain things and that you don't have to like 
we look at finances as this whole big thing. It doesn't actually, you don't have to do all the big things. You just focus on what you need at that given moment and step by step go from there. Let's um, tell me then what, in what ways are you different to a financial advisor? So I help women manage their finances um, from sort of the base level in a way. So how look at how to increase your income. Um, so in a way, I suppose, at, at its most simplest level, I'm a precursor to financial planners. Yeah. Presuming you get a good one who's not just going to sell you product, like a proper, proper financial planner or advisor will help with estate planning um, and the, the package of asset creation, asset creation, asset protection, all of right. that. So I help get women ready for that next step. Yeah, so that's beautiful. that's my main difference. Okay, wonderful. Um, as far as I can tell, you focus very much on women as clients. Is that intentional or is that just organically become the way? It's kind of become the way because I when I started this, I thought like, everybody needs to know this. So I started to yeah. like I started to create content for everybody, and to be honest the clients that were coming to all women and primarily mums actually. Yeah. Um, and the men, anytime I would talk to them, they'd, you know, they'd be a little bit curious. So they'd ask a question. And then the next thing was always, so what do you think about crypto? I'm like, oh no, no, that's I don't do that's not I'm I'm about money education, financial literacy. <laughs> this isn't just about investing in, you know, cryptocurrencies and NFTs. That's it's yeah. so much bigger than that. So I found my message was getting lost with with men and what they thought they wanted. So it's it's kind of ended up. And to be honest, being a woman who's been on this journey, who also has a daughter, I I also love the things that women do. Men tend to look for themselves when they look for education. Women tend to look for themselves, but motivated by family and children and bettering the Community, world. Community, yeah, yeah. Women so do so much better with money than men do, isn't it? Like, do they, I don't mean to say they that we're better at earning it or creating it or investing it. Not necessarily, although there have been incredible studies that say women investors are better than male investors, mostly because we don't react as quickly. We kind of stay the course. I love those studies. Um, But women do tend to benefit a broader community of people. Yes, we uh, look after our family, but then we'll also, the more wealth we create, the more likely we are to share that on and in you know, empower other people with that money. So that's so great then that you're supporting more women to make more money. I love it. As you know, I work with women who are separating or divorcing. They're at different stages of this. And there is a lot of fear around the discussions we have on money. So we do brainstorming around, well, how could you earn more? We certainly talk about tracking um, and being really kind of minutely focused on what money is coming in, what's it, what's going out. Um, but there is a lot of fear and worry and concern. What kind of advice would you have for somebody when they come to you in that? Sometimes it's a panic. So in that state of, you know, I'm scared, I'm not sure that my life will ever be better independently than it is in this unit and there's a lot of fear. Is there any advice you'd give around, around that? Uh, it's it's I suppose because it is very individual to the person and the values that they have. Uh, but overarching, the first thing I would always say is just breathe. Yeah, just take a breath, be in the moment, and have hope that things will improve and that you can do it incrementally. So, like I said before, it's not 
taking in everything all at once. It's taking one chunk and going, okay, what do I want to get better at right now? Do I need more income? Okay, let me just focus on that. Put everything else to the side for now and focus on the income aspect. And there's certain things here, whether you, you know, I mean, there's the whole concept of selling stuff. Well, that's fine. Doesn't, that, anyway, but then there's earning extra money. Can I turn a hobby into some extra cash? Um, and things like that. So it's, or if, or it might be That's the spending. exactly what we talk about as well. Yeah. yeah. So it could be the spending aspect. Okay. I need to go review my expenses. Let's look at the credit card statement and go, how many, how many streaming services do I have? That's exactly what where we start to. Do you yeah. need them all? What can we do? So little, little by little and focus on just one, one thing at a time. And then once you've done that, focus on the next thing. So it's, you, there are things you can do in parallel, but when you're in a panicked heightened state of anxiety mode that just becomes too hard to multitask so i would say focus on one thing and just get that done yeah then whether it's debt reduction day. or even just collecting the information about your position and yes. often that's the first the first thing a lot of women i yeah. speak to don't necessarily know their situation so yeah. and that could be in multiple ways it could be like in in that joint assets but also just don't necessarily know how much it costs for them to support themselves because yeah. they haven't divided out the what does this actually cost just for me or just for me and the children yeah. so I love that just focus on one thing first and then incrementally grow your education and and support it off yeah, yeah. it's a bit like you know should the priority be debt reduction should it be creating some savings so that you've got choices I would, to be honest I would, I would honestly say the savings aspect would be the first thing I would focus on primarily, partly because, I mean, debt, yeah, well, debt reduction, because also making sure that savings, because I've, I've worked with women who all of their finances are intertwined with their, with their partner, mm -hmm. with their husband, um, they need to have independent money. Yep. So they need to have their own bank account. That would probably be one of the things I would always say to start with. Absolutely. Because also debt, because you want to, you want to start being less visible as well so making sure that the transactions and things that you're doing money you're saving or money you have you don't want it to all be visible that's not saying you're trying to hide it you just don't want it to be visible right now it'll come out eventually um, and that way you can have a little bit more confidence that you've got control because one of the things that happens through this process is the feeling of out of control just escalates. And that's something that you would know far more about than I would. Um, yeah. But that's, so that's, that's usually awesome. where I've, I've started with clients is at least just have your own bank account. My parents were married for, how old am I? Okay. About, so 50-ish years. I'm not mm. 50, but they, they've been married for about that, that time. Um, and my mum even in the months before my dad passed away, even spoke about then having her runaway money. Yeah. <laughs> she always had like a private little bank account of her runaway money and she'd spend it on girls' weekends away or yeah. whatever she needed. But absolutely, there's there's a pile of money we should have for ourselves that we get to do with whatever we want, that's no matter it. our joint arrangements. Yeah. So I think that's really important and um, people do need definitely need to hear that. Um, you mentioned a little bit, we touched on a little bit about values, but I know that that's a big, big part of what you do. So could you tell me a little bit more about the work that you do to help women define their values and how that might play out in the way their finances are arranged and organised and how, how different that can look? 
Yeah, so values are it's it's interesting. When I first started, I didn't I didn't kind of bring the values to the forefront because I thought people would get a little bit freaked out and think, oh, it's a bit woo-woo. It's a bit and woo-woo. I love that experience. Yeah. But then I thought, you know what, I am woo-woo. I'm very much feet on the ground, but I have that aspect to myself as well. And I thought that has to come out because it is really, really important. So it's the first thing I do. Before I work with anyone, we look at values. And even when people say to me, oh, I know what my values are or I know what I value, I was like, well, let's let's at least revisit it and let's yeah. look at what they are and how they play out in your world um, because, yes, they, they're, sorry. Just on that, so yeah. when you say you revisit them, I find it really important as well because yeah. who you were and who you are and who you're about to be, especially as you get to make new decisions for yourself and your family, and mm. they're very, very different. I think it is... Um, almost an, an influx situation. We talk about getting to five to six, five to eight core values, three of which will probably never, ever change. And yes. some of those either, you know, some of those on the periphery will have priorities and, and come and go. Yeah, that's it. So I, I work with three core values. I mean, we start with a bigger list and then we yeah. sort of discern it down. Um, and it's very much a a case of yes those ones generally don't change but it also depends on on the journey of getting to know ourselves as well because if we've been in a in a depending on how we've grown up we've been you know part of our family our parental home then we might move into young adulthood and if we're in relationships for a lot of that then we're part of a relationship and so our, our personal identity quite often doesn't have a chance to really be invested, like um, developed or not even developed, yeah. but to become known. So so it's an important first step to, to look at that. And in terms of how it plays out with making decisions about money, when I look back at going down the path of a financial planner, I didn't know what my, my core values were back then. Um, but when I found out there were creativity was one, control and discernment is another. So when I look at all three of them, I think, oh, my gosh, like the financial planner in particular that I'd chosen ticked none of those boxes. Right. So I need to be able to have a certain level of control and to be to have discernment. I want all the information so that I can discern out of that what I think is relevant for me. And from that, I like to have a little bit of flexibility with things yeah. because creativity is important to me. So I like to be able to create. I don't want just like a done, the whole thing of like done for you solutions doesn't work for me. It's like recipes. I will, I cannot follow a recipe. I use them as, you know, suggestions. Whereas a friend of mine, <laughs> she's like, oh my God, like I'm, I'm getting the, the teaspoon out and I'm like, well, the, I'm just, I'm flattening it. And you know, I'm your friend. Just tell me what to do in the kitchen. I can, I can read, I can't cook. So <laughs> I can create something wonderful with the directions, but yeah. don't ask me to throw something together. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So it's, so I look at it and it plays out in everything. So I'm just using cooking as an example, but yeah. then with financial, with the financial advisor I had, I was like, that just didn't work for me. Now I know my values. I would never go down that path. So yeah. I, I like to be, so I did all this research. I researched so many um, funds and that's not to say that I do individual share trading. I actually look more at EFTs, not that yeah. too much detail on that, but because yeah. um, I don't want to overwhelm your listeners. So, but I, I researched them and I, I like, I like to be able to make my decision. So if, if, if you value, like, for instance, I saw one of your core values is adventure, you would yeah. need to be able to kind of make it around the fact that you want to be able to draw down on whatever your your finances are at a moment's notice because you might find this is really cool, like, you know. Opportunity um, to 
either invest in yeah, something man. weird and wacky or go off and experience yeah. something incredible. So you yeah. need to structure your finances around things to be a bit more liquid so that you can sell them to be able to, you know, either invest in a program or invest in a, in a holiday or some sort of other experience. So this is where understanding what your values are. And then if you feel locked into something like that would, you know, I can, I can, I can understand how you would feel so constrained by having this 20 year thing that you're locked into because that just doesn't align with your uh, value of adventure. It doesn't. So, it's helping them women understand. And then you look at your expenses and we, we tend to try and buy our way out of things or into things. So you'll look at, you know, I'm try you're trying to buy something to make you feel fulfilled. And then when you look at your value, you're like, oh, I was trying to kind of get there, but I wasn't doing it quite the right way because I didn't really know what my value was. I hadn't really defined it or put a label or a word around it to really know what it was. So that's, um, there's some examples of how, like, for instance, if you're, if you're very structured, if structure, for example, is a core value, then you need to make sure that all your finances are very structured and you might need spreadsheets. Even if you don't like building them, you might need to at least have someone help you to build one and then you can just manage it. And then you'll start to feel a sense of calm because there's structure around your finances. Yeah. yeah. So it really, I find it, it shapes the whole thing. So to not start with that makes the rest so difficult, which is like going on a diet and they don't stick because you don't know why you're doing it and how it links to who you are as a person. It's the same so thing even though you might have your specific goals, so I'm just trying to play this out a little bit. Let's mm -hmm. say we're you and I quite different humans, different values. We both have the same goal in mind mm -hmm. because of our values, the way in which we would get there would be quite different. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So yep. you can still, you can still have the same goal. I mean, you can like, you might be on to say, oh, my goal is to retire at the age of 55. Yeah. Um, but how you would go about it is quite different. And then also the other thing that plays into this is your risk profile. Cause obviously to get to anywhere to w build wealth, you need to invest. And if you want to invest, then you don't have to know what your risk profile is. So you need to be able to work within that aligned to your values. But yes, you can absolutely have the same goal, but you'll come at it quite differently. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you just mentioned now about your values help you buy into and buy out of things or they drive you to buy into things or buy out of things. Yeah. I'm not quite sure I understood that. Can you explain that a little bit more? So it's this is before you know what your values are. So this is where there's a certain right. randomness that happens. So um, just as an example, if um, like in my case of control or creativity is part, so I'll, I'll go and I'll, I'll buy all these courses to help me learn how to do creative things but they're still not really fulfilling me because, A, I've spent money that I didn't really need to spend, and, yeah. B, I think they're going to fulfill something in me, but they don't really because I don't have a clear connection to my values to know what they're meant to do. So, you know, you buy stuff and it just sits there. It's like and because it's not working towards your goal and yes. you're using your values to get towards your goal. Yeah, that's it. So that's more when there's a lack of awareness and focus and then you just – and then you can you – can, spend money willy-nilly without really having an idea what it's for why you do it and then you're like oh but I still feel crap now because I've spent all this money and I've got yeah. this thing that I don't really need yeah so, you know it's I shared with you about my um one of my values being adventure mm -hmm. and because that's true I've been able to swim with whale sharks in the Philippines and dive in the Komodo National Park and, you know, run away from Komodo dragons. Uh, we've done leopard and elephant safaris in Sri Lanka. This is my partner, our blended family, right? So there's, yes. there's six of us. 
But I'm the sole breadwinner for the family. So that's a financial constraint. Like if we were to think, how much does it cost to take six of you to do an African, like not African, a Sri Lankan safari? It becomes yeah. quite obscene. But because adventure is so important, I've made that a priority. And coming up with creative ideas to make sure we can afford it has been right. part of the adventure too. Yes. Right. So we've even like um, Airbnb'd out our home in order mm -hmm. to get income so that we can use that as holiday spending money. You know, we've right. we've come up as a family, we want to go up and do these creative things or I make sure we do. <laughs> and I get them to buy into the fact that how are we going to get there? How are we going to make this work yeah. without it being a huge pressure? Yeah. And that's yeah. whenever somebody says to me, oh, I can't afford it. I'm like, no, no, you don't want to. Yeah, you and, can afford anything. Yeah. You just can't afford everything. That's it. We'll always make the money or make the money available for things that we really want and not always do it in the right way either. So get into, into debt, but doing it in a way where you're aware of what you're doing and why, then you can start to get a little bit smarter about how you make your lives, like financial decisions, because you know they're valuable lines and you know that will fill you up to do something else elsewhere in your world that will yeah generate money or reduce spending so it, it really depends or build wealth as well because you never know you might have some great ideas or meet some amazing people on these adventures that yeah, lead down a right. different path um i feel like uh, maybe i'm being a bit unfair talking about all these wonderful adventures that i've had um but just to be very clear it has not been easy you know i have um like I say, being the, the sole breadwinner for the family, I am supporting parents and children and running multiple jobs. And it hasn't been easy. It's not that I'm just swanning off to Sri Lanka. But um, some of the women I speak to are, we, we mentioned about fear earlier mm. and worry and concern about splitting from their partner. Wow. But I also face, we talk a lot about forgiveness Mm -hmm. um, and the way in which I talk about forgiveness is forgiveness of behaviours and emotions and the um, the events that led us to where we are. But I can imagine that there's a lot of space in that in finance. Do you talk to your clients much about forgiveness? Yes, yes. It's um, it, it tends to show up as shame, and that that word often gets gets used quite a lot. And then guilt is the behaviour that you kind of witness as a result. And yes forgiving oneself is a big part of that for past financial mistakes because yeah. there's always the the individual so there's the woman herself then there's the woman the partner and then there's the mother and then you know quite often now it's very common like you said to be part of what they call the sandwich generation where you're caring yeah. for <laughs> yeah older parents and young children as well and that that's that's such a pressure and the responsibility is huge so there's there's a forgiveness at a financial level and at a human level but financially it's it's very much kind of going you know what I've made and I've 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 heard some pretty incredible things that that people have spent their money on. They're like, oh, I'm so ashamed I did that. I can't believe now looking back that I did. But you can move beyond it. And yeah. forgiveness is that first step. And then having the, the sort of the pragmatic steps to kind of almost remove the emotion from it to a certain extent. You know what? It's a it's a thing. It's it's on your historical timeline. So it's trying to remove yourself from the action itself and the emotion that goes with it to then go okay it's happened let's just move forward yeah let's be aware of that and not judge ourselves for it anymore yeah. the person that made that decision at the time 
made it for the reasons that they made it for. You are not necessarily that person. You're not going to make that decision again. Let's allow ourselves to forgive her. And we all do the best we can with what the resources we have and the knowledge we have and the intentions we have in that given moment. We're not all setting about trying to stuff up our lives on a daily basis. No. It's very and, and much. often we're not aware of what we don't know. I mean, I yeah. was in my 30s when I started understanding nutrition. And yeah. the only reason I started to understand or even explore or try and learn about nutrition was because I had a baby to feed and I wanted yeah. to know what was the right thing to do. And women My mother, do it because they're motivated, sorry, by something yeah. else. And we'll do yeah. things for our kids that we'll never do for ourselves. And I'm like this. And hopefully learning about money. I'd, let me ask you if you think it's ever too late then to start with the fundamentals. and It's never too late. I mean, obviously with, with money there is a certain compounding effect. Um, and obviously the earlier you start, the easier it will be. But that doesn't mean it's not possible because when you look at the kind of like the fundamentals of money is earn more than you spend. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can find something to do to earn more money, you can do that at any time of life. Like my mother is nearly 80 and she's looking at starting, uh, you know, she retired, had some time, and then she's like, oh, I want to start something again. So she's looking at that age to start. Awesome. So, yeah, from that perspective, it's never too late. It's it's our own minds that create the barriers and the boundaries. When it comes to saving and investing, it you know obviously the, the later you start in life, the the harder it'll be a little bit. But if you don't start at all, it'll be even worse. So yeah. there's the analogy, start. isn't there? Of when's the best time to plant the apple tree? Ten years ago. When's the second best time today? Yes, that's it. So whenever yeah. people, I said, we, we get stuck in inertia. I mean, I, I started this journey, my personal journey in this space about 10 years ago. And I look yeah. at it now and I think, oh, my God, if, I had, if I'd started it now, it would have felt a lot harder. But it's better to start than not start yeah. at all. So that's, it's a bit of a roundabout answer to your question. But I I'd, I'd personally never believe it's too late. No, agreed. I don't either. Um, and even though, as you say, the compounding effect of the investments are improved over time, there's still a positive impact. There's still a positive effect of the investments no matter when you start. Yeah, that's it. It's still built. (laughs) Yeah. Um, What kind of advice and conversations do you have about women who are in the position of, you mentioned earlier, you speak to a couple of women who are about to leave their marriage and you've said that values is the beginning of any conversation with your clients. But where might that go from there? Just thinking about my listeners who perhaps aren't quite ready to leave, what would those beginning conversations look like and that beginning advice look like from you? So, like I said, it starts starts with the values and then we look at sort of securing funds and, like you said, also gathering knowledge. So it's, and it's not, this isn't a race either. It's very much trying to do it in a, as, I'm going to, it, it's, it's hard to do this, but in a little emotionally attached to the, the outcome as possible because all you can see is the next step. You never know how it's going to end or how it's going to go. So one step at a time, look at making sure you have your own bank account, uh, looking, making sure that you understand where the money is going, yeah. um, having a look at what assets are owned, by whom, what debt. So that's where the knowledge gathering, uh, even making sure, and I know this sounds really terrible, that you know where your passport is and where your birth certificate and your marriage, like where your personal identity documents are, mm. where your children's documents are. 
And just in case, I mean, that's not to say you're going to flee the country or anything, but just to make sure, because they're, they're the documents that are required to prove our identity. And you don't want anyone to have control over those except yourself. Um, having a look at what your estate planning um, currently looks like. Do you have a will? Who is currently your executor and your beneficiaries? Uh, if you have an advanced health directive, and not that you're suggesting anybody changes that at this point, but again, no, just, it's all just information gathering. Yes, that's it. So we're not, there's there's no, the only, the only action I would say to start with is to make sure you have your own bank account um, with your own money in there and also to review your spending. So you, whatever you can p- physically control, like you control how much you spend um, and then looking to make sure that you have some finances that are in just your name and then look at where everything else is and what are in these documents just so that you're informed because, like I said, ignorance keeps people from getting to where they want to go and this is all about informing yourself. And then little by little, and it depends what you find out in that process. Like I've, I've had clients who've gone down the whole path of, Oh, they've got themselves all sorted. They've gathered all this information. They've chucked it on a drop. They've scanned all these documents, put them on a Dropbox that they had just in their name. And once they felt, and in the process, they also found out that their one client found out her husband had a property in in, um, the UK, which she didn't know about. Wow. (laughs) Um, Which was just in his name. So she scanned all these documents and put them on this Dropbox. And once she got herself sorted financially, she's like, oh, I actually don't feel like I need to leave the marriage now. So now they then work on the marriage because she felt comfortable financially. She was more independent. Um, Whereas I've had other clients who've gone down the path, like, oh, yeah, no, I'm just ready. I'm just ready. I'm just going to get my ducks in a row, need to sort out myself, get myself a bit more financially independent and, again, build that knowledge and then off they go and then starts the emotional and the financial roller coaster. The financial stuff you can start to set up before things happen. The emotional side is that's where I come in. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, to help people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Alpha, tell me about how people can work with you and what's the best way to find you. Okay. So I um I so my website is www.money-madesimple.com.au. Make um, sure Instagram. it's in our show notes. Yes. Yeah. And then uh, Instagram, um, Alpha Money Made Simple. Um, I do, so on my website, it lists everything, but I do one-on-one coaching um, and I do a program to start with just purely because you can't get everything done in one session. So I do, I do have a coaching program. Um, I have an online course, which I'm about to relaunch because I've, I've spent a bit of time rejigging it, updating it, um, making it a little easier to digest um, than it was before and much more targeted towards women. Um, like and when is that launching, Alpha? Have you got the dates in mind? Um, at the moment, I'm hoping to launch um, towards the end of October. So Amazing. So plan that process and then start. Well, our, um, our, this episode should be coming out on the 25th of October. So if anyone's listening, I hope you've still got time to join Alpha's course. Yes, there will be. Um, yeah. We will have. I will have just launched my course, so doors will be closed for that, and I'll be taking some awesome women through eight weeks of divorce resilience. So between now and Christmas, how can they be the most resilient and stable they can possibly be as they navigate, you know, the the eight weeks up to Christmas? Yes, Christmas is a difficult time. And financially there's all this pressure to buy things and presents, and I've, I've kind of... with my daughter now we're very much about we try to make presents so we make bath bombs together and we we make soaps and we try to make presents rather than buy things 
That's just gorgeous. Try and, and it gives us something to do together as well. So. Yeah, that's really nice. Gorgeous. Alpha, thank you so much for coming on. I'm going to share all of your contact details in the show notes. Let's do an Instagram live so people can see us chatting <laughs> again right. Thanks so much. Um, when the podcast episode comes out. Lovely. Thanks, Alpha. Thanks. Thanks for listening. I hope you took something of value out of this episode. I'm your host, Becca Maxwell, and you can find me on the web at dodivorceright.com or on Instagram at dodivorceright. I look forward to connecting with you there.